0: As always, the opinions stated in this podcast do not represent those of the Alessal as a whole. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Alessal After Hours. This is our podcast on the page and discuss the news on campus and in the world. I am your host, John McGowan, and I've got one guest uh, with me today. Introduce yourself, please. Um, I'm Alex. I am
1: now the uh, editor in chief at the LSU.
0: And uh, we are recording. We this is our second time recording LSL After Hours, episode forty-nine. Uh, we had a whole really cool episode planned, uh, and then all all the audio was lost. All the audio was lost because Audacity crashed. It's great, but. You know, we're we're rolling through the punches. We're going to deliver a great episode today. Uh, we're going to talk about news on campus and off campus, like our intro says. Uh, how have you been, Alex? Before we get into the nitty gritty, how have you been? How's your semester going? I don't think I've had you on the podcast very recently.
1: Yeah, I think the last time I was on the podcast was like, I think it might have been like before we went like remote. Um. I've been very busy. I've been working more hours than I have since I started here.
0: It sounds. I mean, is the is was it tough going into the EIC role, or are you kind of chilling with it?
1: Um. It is kind of tough just like figuring out all of the things that I need to do and figuring out how to delegate. But thankfully, you know, Maddie is still here. So if I have any questions, I can go to her or Tammy. So it's not like I'm just completely thrown in the deep end.
0: Right, right. So I'm glad it's working out. Uh, We've got three articles that we were going to talk about. You can pick which one you want to start with, Alex. Uh, We've got uh, dining closures, only temporary due to COVID-19 procedures, lack of on-ground students. Uh, school health officials call for vigilance with new COVID variant in, in Illinois. And the Staff Ed, little View, uh, teachers, please don't leave us alone. We didn't mean it like that.
1: Um, I'm cool with uh, talking about the Staff Ed.
0: All right, let's do it. So uh, for those who don't know, you can read our articles on alessalife.com, but this article is, uh what's well, a staff ed, and it's basically about, uh, it's kind of like, it goes parallel with a staff ed that we had a couple weeks ago, actually, saying, you know, teachers, like, let us kind of do our own thing, like, this Zoom stuff is hard, like, give us some slack, and this one's saying, like, you know, you know, give us some slack, but, like, don't just totally forget about us, because, you know, there's a... Uh, Issues with teachers just copying old video lectures or rather than making new ones, and being just very hands off, uh, not updating their grades and stuff like that. Alex, have you had any issues with teachers like that this semester?
1: Um, yeah, actually, one. I'm taking a class this semester for sociology and my professor was basically basically like yeah I don't like doing lectures over zoom so I'm just not gonna lecture you guys just need to read the textbook before class and prepare questions to ask me so it feels more like I'm kind of teaching myself
0: right right yeah it's um it's a a tough position to be in because I don't know the thing is I kind of like I like having to not go to Zoom lectures, honestly, but when the teacher is not available at all is kind of when the issue comes in, you know, because, I mean, thankfully, there's a lot that do have office hours, but, like, in my uh, asynchronous class, like, the teacher, I don't want to say what class it is specifically, of course, but the teacher basically just, like, they just dumped a whole bunch on us, and they were, like, okay, here's what you got to do, blah, 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 like, like, this like this is it. Like, if you have any problems with it, like, you know, go home or whatever. And I don't know. It's just, you know, when I was recording this podcast, the exact same one yesterday, I was talking to Damien about how we would have liked to see, like, a really nice mix between, like, hands-off and hands-on because, like, you can't really expect students to be, like, 100% there for it when it's over Zoom, you know? Like you like that's like the ideal picture of like a zoom classroom is like the students are like, "Oh, like I'm ready to learn like over the internet, but like that that's not gonna happen, and I think teachers need to try their best without being too overbearing if that makes any sense, yeah, yeah, uh it's I mean once again, it's like a tough position to be in definitely for a teacher, but I think it's it's always better to be more hands-on than hands-off when it comes to the stuff like this because you're going to be helping some students.
1: Yeah I have like one in-person class but the class is like really nice because we do pretty much all of our classwork like in class we do our labs in class. Um We have like journals but those are like a few sentences and they're just due before class.
0: Right yeah and that's that seems like a fairly good amount you know like I don't know, I, I haven't, my in-person classes this semester actually are some of my, i hold on, <laughs> I, I, it's hard to talk about these classes without like, you know, giving too much away, but my, in, like some of my in-person classes are harder than my Zoom classes this semester, just because like, I've got, first of all, I've got one that is like uh, in, you know, Meridian Ballroom or whatever, And uh, that's tough because the teacher, they've started doing it more now, but for a while they weren't using like the big projector. They were literally rolling a whiteboard out into the Meridian Ballroom and it's lit. You can't see it. You can't see it if you're not sitting in the front row. Then there's like another one that I have where like the in-person lessons are like good, but the online presence even if this weren't, like, as, you know, a COVID pandemic class or whatever, like, the online presence is poor, and, like, I don't have, I have no idea what we're doing, you know, like, the syllabus and what's being said in class are two entirely different things. It doesn't line up. It's, a uh, kind of a mess, but, you know, what are you gonna do? Are you enjoying your classes overall, or?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm in, uh, well, uh, like, class it's like a combination between like sociology and mass comm, and we have like you know discussion board posts and stuff but they're not graded which is really nice it feels like it's more like actually talking to my classmates and getting interaction than having to do it for a grade
0: yeah yeah um yeah i've got some complaints but overall i'm happy with my classes you know like what are you going to do it's COVID? Uh, I think we're going to move on to the next story. Uh, do you want to do the dining one or the COVID variant one?
1: I uh, could do dining.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So I was pretty, you know, when we recorded the podcast yesterday, I was pretty excited about this story because uh, I always have hot takes about dining. It's, <laughs> it's a subject I'm very passionate about because I like food. And so basically the point of this story is basically just talking about how uh, you know, a lot of these restaurants uh, that were going to open or were open previously are not, you know, opening anymore um, because they have to keep, you know, spaces sort of spaced out, of course, with COVID and, uh, you know, just kind of keep only the essential stuff open. So uh, I'll, I'm going to start by actually reading a quote from this article that I liked. It said, uh, Starbucks at the Muck and other restaurants opened back up in limited capacity to serve SAUE, but others, such as Collie's Coffee, Auntie Anne's, at Cocina did not. Sweet Eats Bakery, the Work Fix-Ins, Bluff Hall Cafe, and Skywalk Diner will also remain closed until further notice. Uh, and this article is written by copy editor Dana McLennan, by the way. Uh, but I like that quote a lot because, well, actually, no, I, I really dislike it because it just reminds me of everything we've lost, you know? Remember, remember before the pandemic when they said that they were going to open up a Cinnabon? Yeah. That was a good day. I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> remember, <laughs> I'm
1: really remember the Duncan? Remember when they got, their, got our hopes up?
0: <laughs> and then we just got a second Starbucks. Uh, yeah, it's, and that wasn't even during the pandemic I mean actually I think it opened during the pandemic but that was like a totally pre-pandemic decision just because they make bad choices yeah it's it's tough because I mean on the one hand it's it's another thing like okay I see both sides you know like I understand why you know they had to close Auntie Anne's because that would create like a pretty messed up situation in that part of the muck and I see why they had to close the other places but also like I just really, like, want food. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I... Go for
1: it. I miss Cosina because I... My favorite were, like, the crunch wraps. Um, And I refuse to go to Chick-fil-A because that would be a betrayal of my people because I am very gay. Um, So, and I don't, like, super... I'm not super keen on some of the stuff from entrees. I'm I'm just a picky eater in general. So basically now I almost only go to Boss Burgers or Pavo's or get something from like the grab and go thing.
0: Yeah. That's um pretty similar to how I do it. I actually never went to Gosena. I should have, I should have taken advantage of it when I had it, but I, uh, I don't go to entrees either because one time I ate chicken strips from there and they were kind of mushy and I don't like that. So, uh, and that was like enough. <laughs> but you know, I, I do go to Pavos sometimes. I you know I I miss the Pizza Hut honestly just because the pizza was trash. But they had like the wings, and I don't have those at Pavos. It's tough. But yeah, I basically go to Pavos and the Chick Fil A uh, because I am a bad person. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's about it. And then like I make food in my dorm because like what else are you going to eat? You know, it's uh, I mean, if anything, I've got better at home cooking. So there's a silver like silver name win in there. But it's a uh, it's a tough situation. There's another quote I like from the article uh, that kind of goes further into that Annie Ann's Starbucks situation it says Annie Ann's, and this is a quote from uh, Mr. Dennis Wobe. Uh any ends was closer was close to the Starbucks and the muck and we didn't want to bottleneck and then have people not be able to practice social distancing. Any ends was more of an indulgence and not as essential. It didn't provide a meal. And also it is a little more labor intensive, so there are a lot more people on people in there. And uh once again, I understand, but I would like I would kill for like pretzels with like little cups of icing right now. You know? It's it's tough. I don't know. Any final thoughts on uh, dining? Um,
1: I mean, I definitely like, especially with Annie I definitely see it because I remember like pre COVID, the line for the Starbucks and the line for Annie Ann's would just like cut off that entire entrance.
0: Mm-hmm. On, I mean, in hindsight, there's actually like a pretty terrible placement for both. <laughs> like, yeah. Usually when there were people walking through, like you really did just have to cut through a line of people. It was odd, but. You know, at least we got our coffee and pretzels. That's all you can ask for. Um, All right, we're going to move on to our last article. Some would say the most serious article. This is uh, by Copy Editor Dalton Brown, uh, and this is School Health Officials Call for Vigilance with New COVID Variant in Illinois. And uh, I have to find my right article. (laughs) Yeah, okay, here it is. So uh, what this article is basically about is there's a new variant of COVID that was discovered in the Chicago area. And uh, while school health officials say the variant hasn't heavily impacted our area, they warned if possible, of the possible consequences if students don't remain vigilant. And um, so I had some pretty hot takes on this the other day and we'll see if uh, we agree. But honestly, I'm of the opinion of just like, it's like hard to care anymore. Does that make sense? Like, we've already heard so much terrible COVID news, and it's just like, oh, what? Like, there's, like, new COVIDs now? It, it's just like, is how much, is this really going to change the fact that, like, you know, 400,000 people have already died? Like, I don't know. It's it's just tough to care about it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I definitely get, like, the sense of fatigue.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Actually, you know, like, with this new variant, the CDC, like, recommend that people start wearing two masks, um, which I've actually been seeing some people on campus do, which is interesting.
0: I've I, I heard about the two masks thing, but I didn't know um, that was why. Uh, that's, well, that kind of changes things, because now I really do have to, like, make a difference or whatever. Dude, I don't want to wear two masks. It's already, dude. My glasses, every time I wear a mask, they fog up because all the air goes up into my glasses.
1: The struggle is real.
0: The struggle is real. Uh, My favorite quote from this article was by a man named Jerry Cruz, medical doctor and dean and provost of the SIU School of Medicine. He said, the issue with the new variants is that oftentimes they're more infectious than the other ones, and that means that the average number of people who can be infected by one person might be a little bit higher. Uh, and so the message we're getting out is to not let our guard down. We've moved back to a more liberal either tier or phase by the state of Illinois. And that kind of encourages people to get together or drop their guard down on the preventative measures. That's the wrong thing to do right now. That is a thing that's been bothering me recently. And, um, it was kind of funny because this like really conservative kid from my high school that I usually didn't really like agree with. He like posted like a kind of tweet or whatever that I finally agree with. And he was like, he was like, you know, you know, cases are still up, uh, you know, people are still dying, but all the blue states are like, you know, easing back their restrictions or whatever, you know, right after Biden wins. And I'm like, dude, you're not wrong. Like, I don't know, it, it does feel a little bit weird to me that where, you know, this is around the time we're discovering new variants. This time specifically is supposed to be the peak, you know, it, it's apparently not supposed to keep rising, but it's supposed to start going down. But it is supposed to be like, we're supposed to be at the top point right now. And suddenly, like, California is moving the restrictions back. Uh, Illinois is moving the restrictions back. I don't know. Do you think it makes sense? Or do you think it's a little bit too fast, Alex?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's too fast, especially considering, you know, the Super Bowl is this weekend. Yeah. And now, you know, there are less restrictions on gatherings and people are just going to be doing a bunch of Super Bowl parties because they think it's okay because restrictions have been lifted.
0: Yeah, no, it's messed up. Uh Uh, we can move over to the next quote in the article, which is, according to Cruz, if proper proper precautions are not taken this flu season, it could lead to a surge in both COVID-19 and influenza. Uh, Imagine having both COVID and influenza at the same time. Uh... Yeah, it would suck. You'd just be, like, congested, and you can't even... It's like you doubly can't smell. It sucks. Um... And another nice, fun quote is, well, these, these aren't fun. But uh, another quote is, according to Ryan Greenwald, uh, we'll continue to do this randomized voluntary testing during the spring. COVID has been very fluid. So while we say that today, if we find out new information tomorrow, we could obviously, obviously adjust. That's interesting to me that they um, are planning on like, making the, the testing adjustable. Because I was pretty convinced that they were kind of stuck to this strategy. Uh, I personally would like to just see them do like as much testing as possible for everyone, mandatorily. You know.
1: Yeah, I I actually have a um, surveillance test coming up this week. Same.
0: Yeah, I got I got selected for one as well. Um, sorry, I cut you off.
1: I don't remember where I was going with that.
0: Me, <laughs> me right now.
1: No um, thought, head empty.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, about this testing is, like, I do want to go home this semester at some point, you know? And I really think, because, like, you know, I, I'm, like, comfortable. I'm not uncomfortable living on campus, right? Because, like, first of all, off, like, I'm, like, young and healthy. Like, I don't really worry about getting COVID as long as I stay here. Um. And I'm able to quarantine, obviously. Uh, but then is like, I really wish that like we had like a much stricter kind of testing, and honestly, like maybe even policing policy when it comes to like social gatherings, um, because like I I feel comfortable here, but like I don't feel comfortable going home at all, you know? Uh, because my parents, or at least one of my parents, is like pretty like whatever at risk or whatever, but. Uh, I think, I think it'd be cool if like, maybe <laughs> it would not be cool if COVID got worse, but if COVID got worse and we got stricter testing because of it, then that would be chill. Cause then I could go home and play Xbox sometimes. Cause you can't do that right now. Uh, what about you, Alex? Do you, uh, are you comfortable with testing on campus or do you think it could be better?
1: Um, I mean, I think the main issue with, like, trying to, you know, get tests and stuff, like, before going home is that there's still, you know, that waiting period between when you get the test and when you get your results, and you could still be exposed in that time period, and it would null the test results, basically.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And I want to move on to the last interesting quote from this article was, uh, and this is sort of talking about the vaccine. And uh, this is again from Greenwald. She said, I think we obviously see people that are hesitant about getting the vaccine because of many myths that are out there. It is not a live vaccine. You could not get COVID from the COVID vaccine. While it seems like it was developed very quickly, the actual way this vaccine was developed has been in development for a very long time. It just happened to match that COVID would be the perfect virus to use it with. There are no long-term studies. And so it's hard to say what will be the way down the road but we'll believe that it is much safer to get the vaccine than to get COVID. Um, This is an interesting quote to me because I I don't really understand why people are upset that the vaccine was developed quickly. Like, you have to have like a very high level of suspicion for that to be like a big deal because like, doesn't it make a little bit of sense that the vaccine is developed quickly because it's like basically what the entire like whatever virus science world has been working on for an entire year like it had like so much funding from countries that aren't the US and uh it was like the main focus of everything like of course it's going to get it developed like in a year which honestly is not that fast what are your thoughts alex
1: i mean i feel like part of the concerns might be because you know for emergency use some of the normal like tests that it- it would go through if there weren't a pandemic, you know, those were kind of skipped, but also like, it's kind of a more pressing issue. Like, I definitely agree, you know, having some like fatigue and stuff from the vaccine is definitely better than getting COVID. Like my girlfriend's yeah. mom, she's a nurse. Um, so she got both doses of the vaccine.
0: And does she, does she have fatigue or is she?
1: Um. A- yeah, she was like, They recommended that they, like, get the vaccine, like, right before they have a couple of days off, so, like, if they have any side effects and stuff, they can be home and not have to work.
0: Right, right. Um, Yeah, my sister got the vaccine, and she said that she hasn't had any, like, big issues or whatever, and it's, like, I can understand why someone would be upset about it not being tested, like, as rigorously as other ones, but, like, once again, like, that, I, I trust like vaccines. Like I've never I've never had the thought that like oh like this vaccine could hurt me. Like and um you know based on the statistics that we have now, it's like what like four and like ten thousand people got uh, some kind of cereal palsy from it. Like I like those odds. Like I would totally get it in a heartbeat if it was available to me. Would you, Alex?
1: Yeah, I think I would.
0: All right. Um, And let's see, any final thoughts on the COVID variant?
1: Um, So I was reading something interesting. Um, So like in the beginning when the new variant was announced, like some people were kind of worried about the effectiveness of the vaccine. But um, since the vaccine uses like the spike protein that's on the outside of the virus, and that protein is also how it like infects you. Even with the new variant, it still has that spike protein. If it didn't have it, it wouldn't be able to infect you as well. So regardless of the uh, mutations, as long as it maintains that same spike protein, the vaccine should work.
0: That's interesting. I wonder if that was like intentional, if they like intentionally chose like included that part because every virus mutation would have to have it or if maybe it was just the easiest part to get. I don't know. Neither of us are scientists, but question to ask. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, going to wrap it up for our discussion today. Uh, since this was a little bit more of a low-key episode, uh, I do want to, you know, turn back to a very fun Westful uh, After Hours tradition that we have, which is talking about our obsessions, uh, which is just like, you know, what are you watching right now, Alex? What are you reading or playing or like what hobbies have you picked up what are you learning just like what has gotten you through this pandemic uh what has gotten you through this semester uh what are you what are you doing Alex
1: Um I have been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight
0: Right that is the one where you play as like a monster and then you chase people right
1: Yeah you can play as like the killer or the survivor
0: Yeah Yeah I've seen that game it looks fun um, I've been watching, uh, some movies. I watched, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street last night or I watched it like incrementally. Cause that movie is way too long. Uh, but it was, it was all right. It was definitely like well-made. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Martin Scorsese movies, but I like the other one. I saw better, which is taxi driver. And, um, overall it was good. So yeah, it's going to wrap it up for us today, guys. Uh, we've got, Thank you so much for listening. We've got a very cool episode coming next week. I can't say too much about it, but uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, We've got a news bite coming out pretty soon, obviously. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Keep reading our articles on alesalive.com. I have been John McGowan, and this has been Alex Altman, and we are signing off. Thank you so much. Bye.